You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season nine, episode thirty-one. Uh, um, we've got the regular trio on the two Johns and Chris. I'm John, F bomb John. Though I believe we've now got S bomb Chris, is it? That's a lot. <laughs> um, or twisty, was it twisty, twisty cap Chris? Twisty cap Chris. <laughs> um, I like that wee analogy from last week. Can we get good John? <laughs> yeah. I'll set my born name. Perfect. You just keep us right. Anyway, keep it clean. I'll try my best. I might, um, the one week I might end up slipping up, so. I'm, I'm sure go. you have. I'm sure you've slipped up at some point. Probably. Yeah, so. Where should we start? Last midweek? We did last um, midweek, done it. Done it, that's right, because um, I, we were putting our hands on our hips last week doing the time warp. <laughs> it's good to know you listened. <laughs> I did, I thought I'd listen. I thought I'd listen to the podcast. Uh, Friday. Aye, Championship. Friday. Yep. Part it one, United one. Yeah, didn't see the game. Um, but got to say that's two massive points dropped for Thistle given that they were leading in the game but I think the overall championship results over the weekend sum up how tight the championship is especially below Dundee even though Dundee lost at the weekend surprisingly at home they are both um, Inverness only gained a point so it's down to 17 points <laughs> yeah and of that same game obviously Allah got a point which um, meant it's as you were at the bottom yeah, because uh, I think the Queen of the South they get beat by the film. So uh, technically, I suppose all in part it's also gained a point on it, uh, them, which matters because that's all level in points for Queen of the South now. One thing we need to ask from the results of the weekend though are our both contenders for the Premiership playoffs? Aye, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, there's 14 games left for that yeah. Arbroath. So I don't have got a game in hand over them and uh, Dunfermline, but right, I would say so. Mm. Coming out with a result like that against Dundee United, you've got to think that's kind of in with a shout. And the league's that tight. I mean, we've spoken about it, what, eight points between fourth and bottom? Yeah. And you're only talking our four points up to air um, as well. So, yeah, it's pretty tight in the, the championship. I mean, it's, I think there was only two uh, victories in the weekend, both by a goal and both were for away teams. No home teams won at the weekend and there were three draws. So it just sums up what that um, that league's like but yeah, it's very interesting um, Arbroath would you, would you say if they get in the top four Dick Campbell is a outside contender for manager of the year I think he'd be the actual I'd find it difficult again like if they go to treble not to give him it but then what happened last year again you got a manager your last season was it wasn't he was it Lennon no, it wasn't he Lennon because he's only come back. Um, um, no. I'm actually struggling to remember. I think it was someone in the. Is it Steve Clark? Yeah, it was Steve Clark. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Because right, I think the contenders came for lower divisions because um, Jim Goodwin was nominated for keeping Allo in the division. And I can't remember who the other two contenders were. Um, Dick, I've got, was Dick Campbell maybe nominated last year? I think he was. Mm-hmm. Right, professor, didn't we? I, I, I think he was. Aye. We sprung this one on us. I could have looked this up ever. I, I, I would say if I was playoffs given, the, are they part time? The Ross County management team were um, nominated. Oh, were they? Because mm-hmm. they um, got promoted and won the Challenge Cup. Aye, that was yeah. a good nomination as well. So, aye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Aye, I, 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 he was, the whole point was if Dick Campbell can get our growth, I think they're part time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they can get them into the, the Premiership playoffs, even getting them in doesn't have to progress in them, just getting them there would be a, a terrific achievement for them. Because mm-hmm. they thought, or many people would have thought they were going down. Yeah. 
Good myself, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I would D- imagine we all probably had him in the bottom too. Yeah. Didn't Fairmont have certainly picked up recently because they followed up four defeats with two um, big victories, you know, beating Dundee last week and then going to Queen of South and winning. And I think they... I know they were 1-0 behind. I can't remember if they went behind again and then turned that around, but that's a terrific three points for them going to um, Palmerston winning. Um, it's, it's funny, I'm, ju- I'm just looking at the form for like the last... Maybe you've always got like the last five games. For, you know who's got the best form in the Championship right now? Who? Alloa. Three wins and two draws in the last five games. Next is our growth with three wins and two losses. It's easy always... Yeah, I was looking through the kind of transfers. I don't think there's anything that stands out in particular. Maybe Bera going to Dundee might tighten up that defence. So I don't know because you know it's all been great at Hearts. Uh, maybe over the last year or so, but maybe at Championship level it might help them there. Yeah, you think he? Yeah, you think he he do um, pretty well at Dundee. Um, I just I just wonder if. Um, if they don't get in the top four, um, surely James Whitpake's job is going to be in a shaky nail. I mean, I thought it was a strange appointment at the start, um, but I wonder how long it'll be before he's out and Strachan takes the reins. Do think that would happen? Possibly. Mm-hmm, I do. Possibly. They're, they are only a point off the playoff, so... Yeah. But given their... I bad, if they start getting dropped into the relegation playoff, though, I think it'd, that would be a different story. Aye, because they've not won in the last four. They've had two... Two draws and two losses, so it's uh, not the best run of form for them. Yeah, plus they were easily beaten in the cup. I know it was Motherwell they were playing, but they were at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game where Motherwell had probably more fans than Dundee did that night. Yeah. Uh, may as well move on to the other lower leagues. As soon as we started in Championship. Hi. Um, one each draw, four cuts starting off. That was a bit of a surprise, I think. Mm-hmm. Wraith Rovers beat Airdrie, so um, that's a bit of daylight for Wraith Rovers at the top there. Yeah, three clear Falkirk. I mean, as I suggested last week, I think those two are going to start pulling away a wee bit, and Wraith Rovers um, are now seven clear Airdrie, who've um, fallen four behind Falkirk as well. I mean, it's still 13 games to go and all that, but um, you'd like to think the the two full-time teams of the division will just have a bit much and Falkirk are 14 games undefeated since Miller and McCracken came in and they get promoted with manager of the month. Yeah, oh, they'll probably get the cost now, won't they? Drawing with a team at the bottom of the league, I don't know if they do their uh, automatic promotion hopes any good. True. I think, yeah, uh, noticeable signing in that league is Stephen McLean going on loan to Wraith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting move. That might experience would add so. a lot of value to that team. Yeah. Kenny Miller was linked with them because he was spotted at um, Wraith's previous game, but that never materialised and he was joking saying that it would have been the oldest strike force in Britain had he joined at the same time as McLean, but he's yeah. been linked with Kelty Hearts. So. Yes, I think he was telling himself to go back to Rangers, kidding on um, as the third choice striker. I think that was his wife, to be fair. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I see, He was linked at one point with Queen's Park as well, just so he can play for all five Glasgow teams. Well, another <laughs> experienced striker that's available is Chris Doolan. He got released by air. There was talking going back to party that's all, but I don't know. Yeah, that he got was released before the window closing. Yeah. And just maybe he wasn't getting games, whether it was maybe like a mutual thing in terms of maybe he's wanting to go somewhere and play, because at his age, he doesn't want to be on the bench. Yeah. Um, it's Talbot player, so I don't know whether Talbot could be interested in him. <laughs> um, see what happens. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a good sign for whoever. Um, but Strenard, despite getting a good point, um, slipped further behind because Forfa beat Clyde, um, which has dragged Clyde and Peterhead to lost to Montrose um, into the relegation playoff contention. Because I think Strenard's down. I don't think Strenard making up. Um, and it's only eight points, to be fair, but I don't think they're going to survive. They're getting a lot oh, of draws I... lately. That's the problem they've got. You can do with turning so many draws into wins if they want to close that gap. Aye, it's yeah. been two wins all season, that's poor. Mm. One win in 11. Yeah, 11 games, on average. Yeah. And then League 2, Cove ex- despite Cove dropping points at Albion Rovers, they extended the league by a further point because Edinburgh City surprisingly lost to Stirling Albion mm-hmm. by a goal to nil. Stirling Albion pushing, making the run push for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not too behind the Albion City. Yeah. As a Queen's Park. Cove, mm-hmm. Cove don't like yeah. playing Albion Rovers, do they? Apologies they've had this season. 
Uh, both high scoring games. I mean, this was in comparison to four four draw early in the season. This was a pretty crap game, but certainly <laughs> 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 like, um, plenty plenty of goals um, between the two of them. Um, and Albion Rovers moved a point further clear of Brecon as well. Six clear with two games in hand because Brecon lost again. Um, Aye, instead of beating Anna Athletic, did they make did they help Brecon City's cause either? No. Well, I don't see how they pull away from that. No, I don't. The, the, the teams above them are picking up points more. That's the problem. Um, what's his well, Stenis Muir's win's a, a bright win, although an athletics form is shocking right now. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we just spoke also there briefly about the Albion over score, but credit to Albion over as well. We're now down with what, less than 10 minutes to go and rescued mm-hmm. a draw. So. Yes, it's a terrific result. Um, that will maybe give them a bit of confidence, but yeah, Queen, you mentioned Queen's Park, Chris. I mean, they've also brought McKinnon in. Um, I know we've, well, me we certainly have um, slagged him before, um, but they've certainly picked up under him. All right, three wins in a draw in the last four games, not bad. Yeah, they've, again, as I said, with Turner Albion going for a, a push for that playoff spot, so Queen's Park also just two yeah. points behind Elgin City, but Elgin City obviously beaten breaking um, and they held them off for another week at least. But uh, maybe a chance of Elon Cowden Beathorn to that wee battle too. Because mm-hmm. they're only four ahead, Elgin. I know it's a spell with Queen's Park. The goal scorer was Craig Slater. You speak of Marnock, I mean. Not go down south at some point. Yeah, I think you did. I think he was like Aberdeen at one point, which would have been strange. Um... Oh, yeah, that's where he is now, Queen's Park. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know whether that's just maybe this window they're saying, because he was at Party Hustle. Yeah, I know they um, put a statement saying they'd been released. Um, yeah, decent sign for that level, at least. Um, and I'm noticing the fixtures at the weekend that um, Albion Rovers are playing Breakin, so I think you'd like to think if Breakin um, win that, they've, they give themselves a chance. If they lose that, it's almost curtains for them. But then we wrote off Albion Rovers this time last year, so never know. They might yeah. get a wee run. And then seeing as we're covering the lower leagues and all that, and we'll maybe talk a wee bit about the pyramid thing, which seems to be like a thing we've spoke about for about three seasons. Kelly Hearts are top of the lower league. Um, only the girl six points behind, but we've got two games in hand. So, a good battle there. The oh, well, well, we're talking about that. The juniors, the draw was made for the quarter final of the uh, Scottish Cup. Yes. Talbot, Talbot got another home game against Holford. He did, yes. I get a, the final from a couple of seats. You can't even argue a home game. That's all you want, really. Um, aye. It sounds, it's, it's a bit like when Celtic or Rangers are playing and they're at home. They expect to beat anyone anyway. So, yeah, Talbot won. Expecting to win. But it'll be a tough game. Though I say that, quite often when Talbot play the bigger teams, they actually managed to are doing um, just I think levels go up in terms of concentration and stuff like that when you play the bigger teams you're a bit more focused I think sometimes you play kind of maybe lesser opposition no disrespect I think sometimes your eye goes off the ball whether it's mm-hmm. consciously or subconsciously um, I think it happens and you could say the same when like so if you look at the top leagues and Celtic play maybe a, a Hamilton or something like that, would as compare that against the focus levels when they maybe play like so Rangers, Aberdeen, it seems to there's a bit more to it. So, aye, not a decent draw. Uh, Pox reward was a, an away goal, uh, away game against Nielsen, so that was a away goal. Man, I can't <laughs> talk tonight. <laughs> aye, Pox reward for knocking Fultis that were uh, an away game at Nielsen. So, uh, the other Ties are Beast against Kill Rovers and Darvel against Brocky Athletic. Yeah. Um, high on League, Brother Rangers look as if they are probably going to run away with that. No, Fraser probably got a couple of games in hand, uh, but they're 11 points behind Brother Rangers, so it's bet Brother Rangers will top that league. And then, yeah, the whole pyramid thing, we got a couple of statements on Friday. Yeah, because um, the. The working group or something seems to have collapsed, which was supposed to be about looking to get the, the junior set up into the, the pyramid. So, yeah. not sure. It's not entirely clear what's going on there, um, no. but it seems that some people aren't as interested in making the pyramid as others. That's the impression I get. I don't know who that would be. Um, it seems to come and go, but 
there's certain teams in the juniors are clearly not happy about it. Um, a couple that made a statement, so like so, um, Clyde Bank, um, who obviously were a senior club before they went bust. Um, yeah, they're, they've been pretty vocal about that for a while. I think probably since yeah. they went to the juniors, they, they they don't see themselves as a junior team. They see themselves as a senior team. Um, I've even been, I wouldn't say me personally, been involved in the spats with a Clyde Bank fans, but certainly when Tower played Clyde Bank, um, there's a wee bit of slaggings about Airdrie and all that type of thing and different Aye, things. They say, oh, we're a senior team, we're a senior team. What have you done? You've never played in a big Scottish Cup semi and you're like, get a bye. Uh, so they, they, they've been certainly vocal. And I remember I mentioned it was last season there was talk of them going into the Easter Scotland League because they've seen that as a way to progress through into the Lowland League potentially. Um, whether they could look at that again, I don't know. But I don't see how Easter Scotland League would accept them. I don't know. Maybe they would. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, the other alternative would be a creation of a West of Scotland League, maybe, that's um, in the pyramid. Mm-hmm. And then just see teams jump yeah. ship, juniors. Yes. So I, just rebranding I, that. I'd spoken, well, obviously we mentioned that off it when we were Friday night we were talking about it. That would be what you would think would happen, but then if they set up a West of Scotland League and there's nowhere for them to go, what happens? It's just a league that teams play in and there's no promotion relegation. Yeah, but I think it depends who sets it up now. Because yep. if they can get an agreement with like so, the same people that are on the East of Scotland League, then maybe that would be right to go. Well, I noticed Jim Spence um, asked the question, what's the future for the junior game in Scotland? And Ka- the person who runs the Kernesty Premier account um, replied, it's far from straightforward. As an Angus club, we have nowhere to go. We're being forced out of the pyramid by Lowland League and East of Scotland League, who have been asked why on a number of occasions, but haven't given an answer. So... There lies a lot of the problem. Communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as always. I've read as well. I'm just going to try to catch up just now because I've heard Tal, but I'd release her statement. I've not seen it yet, but one of the guys that helped that runs the juniors, suppose he blocked the result for the, the West region to enter the pyramid. So he's wanting to hold on to the kind of junior status and all that, and whether it's maybe a bit of kind of job so the boys protecting his own interests um, in terms of the old blazers and visits to Hamden and from Sammy's Brigade and all that. I don't know. That's the same old story in Scottish football all the time. Mm-hmm. Self-preservation everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. It happens. The, the problem I've got is that ultimately if there's enough demand to do this, then they're just going to split what's there. Which won't well, be anybody. Yeah, I think the demand was brought on by the fact that a lot of junior clubs felt that they were having to get involved with us, whether they liked it or not. I mean, that was the position that Talbot felt they were in, that basically if you don't go then not that you'll get life high and such, but the junior you wonder what uh, what junior football would look like. Um, if all the top teams go I mean I don't know what happens because the likes of lower junior teams, so for example around there say they're uh, you've got the likes of the smaller teams like New York, Luga, we kind of smaller places. They maybe wouldn't survive on playing the likes of Talbot in the the sectional cups at the start of the season, which gets my good gate and different things like that, and the local matches. If mm-hmm. it goes to a stage whereby the likes are the bigger teams like Talbot, Cumnock, Flynn Afton, and all that, they go. You're not going to have as many local matches and derbies, and that's where junior football thrives, I think, because you've got that local mm-hmm. rivalry and yeah. constantly you're not travelling far, etc. And the costs are, they'll say there obviously there are costs involved in that, but if you then go to a situation whereby you're a Lowland League, um, spoiler, you need to pay £2,000 just to get a licence. Um, before anything else happens, I think costs will increase. Um, I've heard the Lowland League, though, some of the teams charge the same as what the juniors do, but you would think wages and that go up, expenses, travel. If Talbot, I've said before, Talbot going to maybe Gala on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, who's going to go at that? Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. now, Talbot are one of the kind of lucky ones in terms of big support. I would say there's other teams like Pollock, there's a few that get good supports. You're not going to get that. Um, I'm all for progression, but it needs to be better thought out. Um, the mm-hmm. West region, I think, would, would work well with the Scotland League, but at some point, there is going to be teams progressing into that Lone League, and then it's... I'm still not convinced about the Lone League. I think even at higher level, and we've, thank Chris and me, I've said this for many years, even when the forum used to be going, the top two leagues in Scotland should be Premiership Championship and below that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would make it so much easier. I think you would see increased crowds, Um Fans would care more as well. I think you do care a bit more when it's it's local matches. Plus as well, 
see a Saturday, aye, it's all very good. You get the people saying, oh, aye, how come you don't go to football, you, you don't go anymore? Again, going to the football can be a full day. Aye. Mm-hmm. Oh, easy. See, I mean, especially the, the, the start section in the country. It's like an early, when, we, when I used to go to the away games, if you were going up to Inverness or Dingwall or somewhere like that, it was a full day because you were up early. So you'd make it for the lunchtime kickoff, you're in a couple hours for the game, and then it's another three or four hour drive back home again. You're in kind of just after dinner thing. It's a long day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, the, the talk of the crowd and all that suffering, football not so much now as a working class game in terms of supporters. It's too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the current climate, it's like in terms of. Yeah, it definitely is. Um... John disappeared. You guys are both on Facebook, so it's a tell. I suppose I'll post a statement there. I'm not on Facebook, so I can't explain. Oh, I don't know. Surprise, I haven't released a statement on the back of Friday. You keep talking over look. I'm surprised there's only the two. I think as well, you was it Chris, did you post about Carnoustie as well? Uh, aye, I think you were the first one I'd seen. In terms of what goes on there, and that's the east side. Um, I was trying to hear the views of John Connolly about fault. I think they would like to progress. I think when he was only mentioned, they maybe would. But, don't know. It was me that mentioned about Kennedy. You um, and actually brought it up a few minutes ago in this conversation. Um, <laughs> so glad to know I'm being well thought of. <laughs> I don't even hit. I was too busy thinking about the rest. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll drag on. It's already dragged on. I think this is now the the third season. Maybe it's dragged on for us. Maybe it takes an overhaul. An overhaul with the the board. Yeah, unfortunately whilst we've still got the self-preservation society and the problem is is that people can go into the SFA meeting and the SPFL meeting for example um, with totally different agendas um, depending on what hat they're wearing um, and whilst that's going on unfortunately there's not going to be a lot of change So six years ago Oakley Talbot posted Scottish Football Pyramid following a decision of the Lowland League and East of Scotland League not to support the recommendations of the Pyramid Working Group for the Scottish Junior FA to join the Pyramid System Auchinleck Talbot FC wish to confirm that we will support the SJFA in their efforts to find a solution to this matter In the meantime, ATFC will continue to work towards achieving club licensing in preparation for any possible future changes to the structure of our game. We can assure our fans that they will be kept informed at the earliest opportunity of developments and that we will consult with them before any decision is made in the future of the club Yeah. So yeah, that sounds like the the working group put a few proposals ahead, and the league rejected them for other oh, the existing yeah. pyramid leagues rejected them. Yeah, whether as well they're they're preserving their themselves because they probably think, well, if you like the the teams in the west, the juniors and they're generally stronger than what was in the east. Yeah, um, it's going to block their paths to progress. Yeah, cheek but, as well, haven't liked so many junior teams in already. Mm-hmm. Aye, but often the East. Aye, mainly for the East, but I, I th- they're obviously going to. Um, if Auckland like Talbot were to come into the Pyramid League, uh, you know the teams are going to be thinking, oh, that's a really strong team with big support. Um, we can't have them threatening our ambitions. <laughs> so that turkey's voting for Christmas idea again. As always. Yeah, we're not in the window. I don't. It's certainly not obviously going to be a result for that season. And a lot of clubs have spent money as well to try and, uh, and thinking it's going to happen pretty soon. So it can end up in money that's wasted or doesn't need to be spent. Yep, that's a real shame, given the, the budgets these teams will deal with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also talk as well and the threat against the junior teams getting in the Scottish Cup as well. They don't need licences for that as well. Are they doing too well? Well, could be that. And it should just the Scottish Cup. It should just be like what it is in the, the FA Cup. Open up for the team in Scotland. Absolutely. Yep. That would, that would be proper like the man to the cup. You'd get right bizarre games. It'd be brilliant. 
Um, but I should probably move on to the, the Premiership action. Well, we just skip over what happened at Ibrox because it was another one each to offer Aberdeen. Or oh, these want to talk about that's another each. It's actually all right. I thought um, I was arguing. I wouldn't say well. I maybe having an argument with my mate about it. These want to strangle Cosgrove. What's well? It's an off day. I think Scott McKenna. An um, off day. That touch is terrible. Is. Scott McKenna probably is kind of right what he said. I mean, the amount of times Cosgrove saved Aberdeen this season. No, I don't. I, do, I totally agree with that. Kind of let him off. However, yeah. Um, two good chances. Obviously, they won the cross from again. Mm-hmm. Probably should get a connection with that. And then, yeah, when he's one on one through, it's probably one of those bit of a Kenny Miller situation. Far too much time, I think. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think, so, and that's a problem. Yeah, I think Cosgo's better when he's thinking, when it's instinctive. Um, he's got too much time to think. That's probably when he loses his composure. Like Kenny Miller is, a, is an example of that. Um, that's what but, I just said. I know. <laughs> you're turning not to listen to me. No, <laughs> 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 I was. Kind of repeating you. Um, but <laughs> I think I think for what I could see in the highlights, uh, a draw was pretty much fair. I think both Lewis and McGregor had almost equal number of saves to make. Uh, McGregor made a good one from Taylor. I wonder if Taylor could and maybe should have done better, but he did his main job, which was defending well. Um, yep. But yeah, a, a decent point. Um, and yeah, Aberdeen made a, a, a big su- um, surprise in signing the deadline by signing a Venezuelan called Ronald. And signing him on a four and a half year deal as well. So there's also a lot of potential in this boy. Aye, speculation as well that we've spent a few quid on him as well. Anything up to 800,000, which is yeah. interesting. There's been rumours as well the budget's going up by about 2 million um, yeah. since Paul Mack came in. Talk mm-hmm. as well, there was another player ready to come in. I suppose mm-hmm. another South American, a playmaker. Um, so I don't know whether maybe Messi. I can space Neymar maybe I can yeah. have a space and see what happens later on but I'd like to see I think it's a, it's a risky business obviously outside of maybe Rangers Celtic but it's all speculative if you like why not why can't we maybe look at these markets and by all accounts it's maybe we've maybe been helped a wee bit in terms of Atlanta as we went they had him uh, scouted as well and they've been thinking about signing him so whether we can tap into this market or right let's buy players for maybe a yeah, the way I'm... and then sell them on. Yeah, maybe yeah I mean that's what we do. I mean, have done it quite a bit to bring players in. Okay, we're spending a bit more now, but that we've done that off the back of being able to make mega millions off the likes of Wanyama and Forster and players that were brought in on maybe a couple of million quid and then shipped it on double figures, millions of pounds. So it works if you can get that. There's no reason it can't. That particular model can't work at any level. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I think before you've probably been relying on running through young players in your own club to try and make money in terms of the teams outside Rangers and Celtic but if this is part of the, the advantage of a link up with Atlanta then it's, I'm all for it that, um, one's this, the mo- that one's probably the, the, the most cost effective one because actually our biggest transfer is Kieran Tierney that we grew yes. uh, so yeah I mean that's pure profit 25 million so. yeah. um, I think as well what may happen is They'll see, they'll, obviously, they'll come here as well and see as a stepping stone to down south. Mm-hmm. He's already come in and straight away and said it's part of his journey in terms of getting to the top league. So, yeah, right. Scotland's always been a, a, a window for down south. Uh, we brought in the boy um, Sorrow that we've not seen yet. Uh, and the first thing he said was he wants to go to Liverpool. Yeah. Look at Van Dyke. He might need to go via Southampton. Um, but the other big thing about um, the Hernandez signing is that it's finally after a few years competition for Shea Logan because um, yeah. I think Logan's been complacent for the last couple of seasons at least um, knowing that he's not had any competition no matter how bad he played he was straight back in the team even when he was injured for a bit as soon as he was even half fit he was straight back in the side and it's not really setting a good example for competition so finally we've got one it's just yeah. surprising that we went out with the um, McKinnis strategy by looking outside Britain and Ireland, but you don't, you don't. Of course, you'd rather have your younger players come through because um, that's a heart and soul. But every now and then, you've got to tap into other markets, and you can't be predictable all the time. So it's good to think outside the box for a change. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. you did, you did follow the usual one because you brought in Dal McGeer as well. Yeah, of course. He played, he played at Ibrox, and mm. um, did he 
managed to get that ball and <laughs> tack on the rebo. I think he did. I think I've he did. no idea. Depends what angle you look at. Several times. Aye, I, I mean, I mean the, the Rangers fans are, of course, up in arms about the, the refereeing in this game because I, I would agree with them because in the build up to this one, Arfield blatantly shoved somebody with both hands and the referee let it go. Uh, so it should have been a free kick grabbed in the build up. Yeah. But no, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if McGee got the ball or not. I don't think an angle really showed it properly. If he did get the ball, the ball went in the direction that he would have kicked it. So, But then a rebound might have done it as well. I don't know. Yeah. The, the hope is now Saturday um, kick starts our season finally because there was a bit more honesty in terms of maybe the team as well in terms of keeping Rangers honest and not just a case of sitting back completely. Aye, but um, on the other hand, work. Just... Um, we've probably got a window stronger than what we started I would say in terms of Kennedy and McGeek are going to be the first team starters by looks of it regular whereas the players that can maybe come into the place McGeek maybe to replace Viner because Viner was playing midfield um, and then James Wilson who wasn't really playing, so yeah. I mean, hopefully the end of the window were stronger. On the other hand, this is the second time you've taken points off Rangers. Actually, there was a statistic during the rounds at the weekend that Aberdeen have got a better... Um, what, uh, sorry, Gerard has a worse ratio of wins <laughs> against Aberdeen than he does against Celtic. Yeah, it's 27%. Pretty low um, for a team apparently outclass. Yeah. How those yeah. words have come back to haunt them? They do. They struggle a bit. They do struggle to play against us for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There's been the odd exception in terms of the well, in the game in the season. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit. I mean, yeah. it, it could be these games that come back to haunt uh, Rangers at the end of the season because that's that's twice um, they've played Aberdeen on the same. Uh, well, it was the same night, the first time that Celtic played Hamilton, and then this time it was the same weekend. But at one point it looked like it's going to go one way, and Rangers were. 2-0 up against Aberdeen at Pataudry and then obviously Aberdeen pegged them back to two each get the draw and this game actually it was probably Aberdeen had the best chance with Cosgrove but as you say it was Lewis was busy as well to make a few saves um, there was one for Morelos in the second half he saved his foot so uh, that's good they went either way didn't it was a draw and then yeah. the following day we'll come on to it but... yeah, do, you think, do you think Rangers made the um, strangest sign of the window with Canberra? Aye I think he's a decent signing as a third choice striker, if that's what he's going to be. He knows the league, certainly. I wonder if they would have done it had Defoe not went off injured in the midweek. That's what I'm thinking. Probably not, but I think in the, the podcast we lost last week, we were, I was kind of mentioning the fact that Rangers only had two strikers that they seemed to rely on, so if one does get injured for any length of time, that's you, you're snooker mm-hmm. in the bench. I know Ken can maybe play through the middle, but... Um, but the comments from Camberry when he joined Rangers on loan aren't too good. Yeah, Jack Ross there. wasn't happy. Yeah, he's not gone back to Hibs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's burnt his bridges there. Yeah, was... yeah, I suppose the interesting one from Rangers' point of view will be Hadji. Mm-hmm. It's the usual story with the can you step out your fellow shadows? That's a big shadow. That's a very big shadow, yes. Yeah. I think he certainly does have talent. I think he was it many under 21s he had a pretty good tournament scored a few goals and, but he's played for a few clubs already the, he was in Italy for a while at Fiorentina I think this, this might be one for the, the the listeners can you think of anybody that had a father who played football and the son was better other than Ryan Christie <laughs> probably is but let's try and think just now I'm, I mean, I'm struggling because you think you obviously think of like Sahaji and his boy now and like Johan Cruyff and there was Jordi Cruyff. And... Jamie Redknapp better than his dad. <sighs> I, I don't yeah. know. I've never seen Harry no, Redknapp play. No, that's the thing. I've never seen Harry play. But play, then I so... think Jamie Redknapp certainly get... There's Frank Lampard and his dad. He's a minute of caps. Yeah, Frank Lampard, aye. I think the, the, the real struggle for the young Hadji is going to be just the fact that his father was such a legend. Um, it's the same Aldo Maldini oh actually oh, yeah. that's a good shoot even though uh, I think Cesare Maldini was a bit of a player in his time as well but I, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably the best his example son, his son made his debut at the weekend as well for Milan so three generations she's old no you're right because um, Cesare was a terrific player um, and then Paolo was probably better um, so yeah, but that, that that's a high starting point as far as the Maldinis go. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. think you'd be struggling to find one 
comes any better than that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, while Sam Cosgrove was struggling to score, and it's Aberdeen striker scored a double. Stevie May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked back, yeah, some like his old self again. Um, and I think part of the reason was he was part of a front two, just playing yeah. alongside Chris Kane. And you think back to May's time, the first time St Johnson had Steve McLean with him, got the best of him. So maybe that's something for St Johnson. Um, going forward, but St Johnson will be kicking themselves because twice they're leading in this game. They dominated the game for what I saw in the highlights. They're done in the last minute by the fact that it should have been a throw, but they've still got a lot of defending to do with that, and they don't defend it well, but. What a great strike by Sean Clare. And again, I'm having to praise this boy. And good on him. <laughs> I mean, it was a, a cracking game for a neutral. Um, I don't think the defending was especially good for most of the goals in this game, to be honest. The, and the Naismith goal in particular, Clark doesn't deal with that too well. Even, even mm. the opener, though, Stevie May, it was all too easy for him. Um, Aye, if Stevie May connects with that proper, I don't think he scores. He's probably Aye. lucky that he kind of scuffs it. Even, I mean, Boyce's equaliser was a case of St. Johnson failing to clear the ball. Uh, and you're right about the Naismith one, the, the defender that was pretty poor. Um, I don't think Pereira does well for the second half goal, uh, St. Johnson goal either. I don't rate him at all. I don't know how he's in it. Uh, Manu. No, I don't know. Like, have you seen what Manu's talents like in recent years? Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, you mentioned. I mean, you mentioned the late equaliser um, wasn't a heart's throw. It's hard to see that one with the replay. I don't think I'm going to criticise them too much for that one. No. Um, the, the other thing that was talked about in this was whether Rick Piazu was had filled somebody in the build up to the goal. But to me, he just stands his ground. He's a big boy. Yeah. He uses that to his advantage. <laughs> don't think he's ever over it. He didn't stand his ground early. He was trying to keep the ball out for going fifth one. <laughs> uh, the boys Naismith's <laughs> partnership's looking good though. Yeah. Yeah, game, I mean, that's a right good partnership. They can stay. <laughs> they can both stay fit because mm-hmm. they both had uh, injury issues. Uh, yeah. Hearts, well, I mean, I said it last week's podcast. The Hearts' problem in the Rangers game was the defending was pretty poor, and Rangers just didn't take any of the chances. Um, yeah. And this week it was a different story because Johnson took chances. So I mean, Aye. for Hearts to score three goals and not win, they were kicking themselves on that alone. St. George yeah. will say the same, they'll score three goals at home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you'd asked Hearts fans before the, the Rangers and, well, between the two games, Rangers and St. Johnson, if they get four points and they'd be pretty happy, probably when you're away around, they'd expect it. Exactly. Because taking them off Rangers would be a bonus. Taking points off St. Johnson is more important because that's one of the teams I compete with in there. And I said that in last week's podcast as well. That, yeah. That's it's three points that Hearts get, but it's three points that Jones don't get. In this case, it's been one each. Doesn't really do either of them any good. They're but on the, the, the table the, as well. Just... Yeah, the flip the flip side of that is, I mean, you see the you see a losing run Hearts were, and they lost at home at St Johnston last day. But in fact, they lost to uh, McDermott Park as well. So the fact they've got a point, having been a losing position, that'll be a positive for them. And it's five points out of nine from the last three matches. Um, it's little steps towards them getting yeah. further up, and they're off the bottom now. Um, yeah. They've got that five points in Hamilton um, and, and overtaking them in goal difference. So yeah, yeah don't I underestimate the difference. Yeah, don't underestimate the difference that does psychologically. I think as well towards the end of the game they were playing the five attacking players. Mm-hmm. Arts. I could agree with that. Very different to what you'd have seen under Levine. But. I think they're definitely looking up positive. You see Laurie as well. Laurie's a bit more excited about looking on at Hearts as well. Mm-hmm. And he's actually looking at the squad now and thinking, I oh, also a pretty decent squad. The strength in the, 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 Again, Boyce was a, a terrific pick-up, I think. Yeah. Um, and as you say, it's, it's, he's already working well with Naismith. So I'm interested to see how that develops over the course of the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. Hibs, St Mirren. This was an odd game. <laughs> we were in, were fully deserving of their lead, of their two-nil lead, um, and then somehow managed to conspire to uh, throw it away before half time. Uh, even at nothing each, though, there was a chance for Hibs that, okay, he was offside, but it was like the old Deutsch for the start of the season, where <laughs> there was nowhere near the goal. Um, made up for it, obviously, later on in the, the, the equaliser, but um, aye, Deutsch is a funny character. But I, I mean, I, the, the two goals that Samarin got were, were well worked. I don't think it was a. Again, you maybe questioned defending a bit, but um, on top of McCarthy getting the opener and Andre getting the second, 
wonder if could add another two as well in this half. It's amazing how Christian Dodge is showing um, why Paul Heckenbottom brought to the club by starting to play after Paul Heckenbottom left. <laughs> Aye, and he's now doing it himself up top as well, because I was talking earlier in the season that maybe he can do it up top himself, and then he was playing with Kimberley for a bit, but it's just one man up front, so... Probably helped as well the fact Boyle's back. I think Boyle and Horgan, why you yeah. need a lot. Um, yeah, so Tam- I think Hibs, Hibs have probably come out the window stronger as well. Like obviously they've lost Canberry, but Mandelty's come in. They brought in Doherty in midfield. Yeah, Doherty is a smart sign, and I think, um, and I noticed that Tam McManus actually the quoted my tweet and made that point about Boyle being back being a massive difference. But yeah. Hibs are also still um, pretty erratic just now. I think they're still finding their feet under Jack Ross. I think it will take him. A couple of windows to get the team he wants, um, and you'll probably see them being a bit at it, but a decent point given that they were two down. Um, but then again, it's two points dropped in a home game that many people have thought would have been a routine win. Where St. Martin, on one hand, you're saying it's a, it's a good point going away to a team that they're not expected again, but they were two up in the game, so it's two points right. dropped. Right, absolutely. Was, there were was some other strange things happening. Let's get like Marciano was quite lucky a few times when he dropped the ball. Um, I think Scott Allen hit the bar straight from a corner as well at one point. So, uh, it, was a, it was a strange game at times. He's doing a pretty good job at man. Yeah, he's doing. He's keeping them above water, and that's um, what he's been brought in to do. Um, so, but they've got themselves a little bit closer to one of the teams um, above them at that point because Ross County lost to Kilmarnock um, and Ross County's form since the uh, the turn of the year has been pretty poor not as bad as Kilmarnock's had been until this game even below the turn of the year I think St. Joe, uh, Ross County were struggling I think as well I mean the, the, the weird thing about this is Ross County even took the lead it was a terrific volley for, uh, well, it was a half volley I follow for Vigors. Um, so that Are you checking your notes, there? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> no one followed. I don't have. You'd never guess I'm tired, would you? <laughs> uh, aye. So, uh, like the the half follow for Vigors was, was was terrific way to open the score in this game. Um, but I mean, the, the goalkeeper probably could have done better with Brophy's equaliser. Um, the penalty. They were debating this one on sports scene as to whether Donaldson had actually committed a foul because he'd got the ball. But I mean, yeah, he did get the ball, but it was ridiculously clumsy. He was getting everything. Um, it was almost like he got the ball by accident, if you want. Uh, so I'm not really surprised this was given as a penalty. And then Brophy scores for that, and um, Kabamba gets the, the third goal to seal the points for a header. So, right, come on up. Since they've remembered how to score goals um, again, they've picked up that elusive win and turned things around a bit. Boy, Kabamba seems to be a good signing. Three and four, he scored, and then it's maybe going to help Brophy as well have a partner. Which will... I, I think that makes a big difference for Brophy because I think Brophy was brilliant when he was alongside Greg Stewart, and he kind of fell away when Greg Stewart left. So I don't know if. He's the kind of player that can play up top himself, but certainly he seems to have found his form again. The Kabamba's up there well. Yeah, the biggest surprise over the weekend might, well, not, well, I suppose Friday was the weekend that someone actually paid to go to Kamarnik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, hmm. yeah. so you can see he poached himself from Kilmarnock. <laughs> 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 and then I think Alex Bruce has gone, he's left, hasn't he? Yeah, he's left. He's left. It's always a nice joke. Always. Hmm. Yeah, we're always cracking egg jokes. Let's stop oh, right right, okay, move on, move on. Let's have a plastic contenders for Europe. Scoffs. Aye. Again, this is another thing I said on the podcast last week. It's Livingston's home form is what does it for them. And yet again, they've picked up three points. Fully deserved it. I don't think I, I, there was not a more one-sided um, game of the weekend for me because this was basically Martin Gillespie keeping the score done in yep. a month ago. I'm not surprised he was in Stephen Thompson's team of the week because he's the obvious choice because he was brilliant. Um, yeah. He was finally beaten at the back post by Taylor Sinclair heading the ball in. 
Um, another long throw for uh, Livingston that nobody seems to be able to defend properly. Um, and Tellerson comes at the back post to head it in. Um, but he stopped everything else, and there was some brilliant chances in this game that he stopped. I mean, in the first half alone, he denied Dykes twice, he denied Pittman, he denied Robinson. In the second half, he denied Bartley. Um, I think it was other saves for Pittman and Sybil as well. It was just everything in the highlights of this, apart from right at the end, was either the goal or the saves for Mark Gillespie. Um, and then it would have been vastly um, unfair for Bruno to take in for this game, but it did have Hartley hit the post. Yes. And Well, I, I say vastly unfair. If Mullerwell had got anything out of this game, then they, it should have been Gillespie was getting all the bonus. Because that was the only reason they were even still in the game. His, his saves. So, um, I partly was unlucky to see it come back out of the post, but I think Livingston probably deserved to win. Do we think Motherwell's done the right thing, cashing in James Scott? I don't know. Remains to be seen. Seems pretty decent place for. He's not played that much for Motherwell. No, um, that's true. But we'll, we'll see what happens with Motherwell now. I don't think. I don't think you should be judging too many teams on how they do at Livingston, because of the three teams that have got plastic pitches in the league, Livingston by far and away are the ones that make the most of it, because everybody seems to go to Livingston and struggle. Yeah. But that's only four points behind Aberdeen. Aye, so when you're talking about Europe, mm-hmm. I wouldn't yes. put it past them, they've just beaten one of the teams that's ahead of them. So. And Gary Holt could be a contender for the manager of the season. Yeah, definitely. If they continue yeah. the way they are, because I think we all probably... In the summer, we're like, aye, there's no way they can do as well as they did last year. With the players that they'd lost, and actually, if anything, they're doing better. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it was this time last year they started to tail off. Um, mm-hmm. But if anything, they're getting stronger. And, well, I had them down for relegation. That's not happening. <laughs> no, they're going to be top six. Yeah. Aye, they're probably safe already, I would say. Not mathematically, aye. but I would say that I'd be very surprised on 34 points if they were to, you know, if they were to lose every game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Eight clear of Kilmarnock for the top six place as well. So. Yeah. So they're 16 clear of Hamilton if you really want to be looking right at the bottom. But yeah, I think that I think they're top six. There's what, nine games left now? And as you say, eight points clear of Kilmarnock. So. And they're one of the form teams in the league. In fact, well, they are the form team in the league because they've got six. four wins and a loss at the last five, which is the same yeah. as Celtic. Yeah, they've done incredibly well, uh, and they've got—I think they've got the lowest budget in the league. If not, Hamilton's got the lowest, but they're certainly one of the bottom two in terms of the budget. So they've—they really are punching above their weight. Absolutely, good on them. Move on to Sunday. Yeah, um, on Celtic. Right, so the, the thing I was saying earlier about the uh, things going seem to be swinging one way and then the other. Hamilton took the lead in this game, and I think it was deserved as well. For me, this game, there's, there's, there's obviously key moments, but it's still nothing each. There's the thing that everyone's been talking about with Lee Griffiths, where he tangled up the woods. Um, I think it is just that. I think he's tangled with them. There's a wee bit of wrestling between the two of them. Woods goes down. He's still got a hold of Griffiths, and Griffiths stands on him. Now, there's people saying he stamped on him, and that should be a red card. For me, if you watch the, if you watch the way the video actually plays, the foot that's got the foot that is going to stamp on him does go down on him, and then the other foot very quickly tries to counter it. It's it's a bit of gravity, a bit of instinct for me. Um, I don't think there's any malice in Griffith standing on him. Um, so he then has a bit of a set to with Gogic, and the two of them get booked. Um, so technically, I think he's been booked for the set to with Gogic and anything else, but. But for me, I don't think I I know why people think it might be a, um, a red card given some of the angles of it. But when you see, if you've ever been in that position before and you're struggling to put your feet in the right place, you do start doing that exactly what he does. The the thing with the the foot trying to compensate to not stand on woods, I think is the key for me. I thought he could have avoided it. I think it is a red. Yeah. He's got recent history as well because there was an incident he got away with against Aberdeen as well. Um, 
where he stamped in. I can't remember what Aberdeen player it was. And that he was very, very lucky that that was missed by the officials. Um, and this one, you know, I see some Celtic fans were saying, but the guy um, grabbed his leg. What did the guy grab his leg to pull it on? To pull it on him? Why would the guy want studs on his? <laughs> I don't think you would grab. I don't think you need to grab him to pull him on the 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 chest. I think as long as you're just tangled up with him, that could be enough to knock you off the balance. And then he is about to stand on him, and he tries to compensate with the other leg. So that's that to me is why it looks like an accident because I, I can't speak for you two, but I've yeah. been in the position where you're just about to stand on something and you're trying your best to avoid it. Sometimes you just can't because you're the weight of you goes in that direction and you're balanced. I'm sure it's it definitely one of those ones that split opinion because even when you look at the Aye. so-called experts and all that, they split opinion and it's not just been a case of Celtic fans, Rangers fans, it's been across the board, I think there was even a Let's referee he said it would have been a red card but I'm pretty sure if you asked a different referee maybe they would have said a yellow is fine Aye, so, I mean, like Nick Walsh was the referee in this game, he obviously saw it one way um, Derek has been on this podcast before, he saw it the same way that Nick Walsh did, he even praised him for it um, there was I think the BT Sport referees agreed it was only a yellow card as well. But like you said, there are referees that seem to think it was a red card. Alan McCoyce was on at half time as a pundit. He was claiming if that had been Morelos, it'd be a red card. Sorry, Ali, not Whitney, because we've seen Morelos get away with worse than that and not even get booked. <laughs> um, so, aye, it's, like you said, it's split opinion. I, I'm in the understanding camp, but we know I'm a Celtic fan, so maybe I've got the biased look at it. I can understand that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, after that, the big problem that I think Celtic had for two thirds of this game was Ogunpo did not know how to handle that guy whatsoever. Um, he likes playing against Celtic, doesn't he? He does, aye, because he's only got two goals for in Hamilton, and we both come against Celtic. He got the late. He does always look like a presence, though. When you see him in the for Hamilton highlights, he always oh, looks I'm... like he's he's difficult and awkward to play against. Our biggest problem is when you play a big burly striker. I think we'll have the same problem with play Hearts and uh, Pays is playing against us. We, we don't like it, which is odd because we've got like Julian who's massive um, and he didn't exactly cover himself in glory for when Ogden Poe scored the goal. But no. he was chasing it. He, he was chasing it. Oh, he's all right. Aye, well, that is that. Right? He's made up <laughs> Obviously, the other key decision in the first half was Hamilton being sent off. Um, and again, I think the referee got that one spot on. Uh, I, the, the, it was mentioned um, at the end of the game by um, whoever was fanning for Brian Rice, whoever the assistant was. Uh, he's, he's a young prospect. He's a young prospect, maybe a bit of inexperience in that position. Because um, he was, he did let Griffiths get in a sniff a goal and he's, well, he's grabbed him, pulled him back. Um, you can claim there's another defender there all you want. If he doesn't pull him back, Griffiths is pulling the trigger because Griffiths in that position is going to pull the trigger all the time. So yeah, it's an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah. It's a red card. I don't think there's, there's much to dispute that. It was just outside the box and even I thought, oh, it's just outside the box. It's probably too close to score for here. Um, Edward proved me wrong with that one. Hmm. I will say that if the wall jumps, that's not a goal. The wall stood still. I don't know why. I, I was actually surprised that Edwards hit it. I was waiting for Griffiths to hit it. And mm. then when I seen Griffiths step aside, I thought, oh well. Has Edwards scored three kicks before for Celtic? Oh, aye, he has. But I think the wall doesn't jump. The positioning of the wall is not great. The positioning of the goalkeeper behind the wall is terrible. There's too many things go for Celtic in that free kick, um, and Edward makes the most of it. So. One each point against ten men, you think Celtic now run away with it, but we don't. Um, they obviously fill the gap, um, took one of the strikers off, but left Ogunpo up the top. I think this game only turned in Celtic's favour when Ogunpo went subbed off, and when that happens, Hamilton's outball disappeared because until that point they were able to get a bit of respite by getting the ball to him, and he'd cause a bit of mayhem up the other end of the park. When he left, that never happened. That coupled with Celtic making. Their three subs bringing on Johnny Hayes, Ryan Christie and Tom Rogic, that made the difference because the second goal came for Johnny Hayes vaulting the the advertising board, which made me laugh because Gordon Strachan was in the one, was one of the pundits and I just remember him in the '86 World Cup. Um, I thought Hayes was going to disappear at one point. Could you see him? He, he did disappear. Give me flashbacks tonight. I was having hard when I was in Glasgow years ago and we were in George Square. And one of my mates jumped over the. Uh, a wee ledge 
and then stopped it. There was a kind of fence, no offence, but kind of mesh, and he went right through the mesh. <laughs> we had to kind of mesh come out. Um, so, <laughs> Aye, so he's managed to go over and back over again, quickly took the throw in. Ryan Christie was in there to set up Julian for the, the second goal. Um, good finish for the defender. You have credit for that one. Yeah, a good finish, aye. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, very quickly thereafter, Edward gets the third. Nice little bit of play with him and, and Rodjick. So, there's your three subs I'll be mentioned in the last two goals. Um, Edward then made a complete mess of getting his hat trick. <laughs> We've been missing the easy one of the three, uh, which, which Forrest had laid on for him. But then, totally unselfish, he set up Forrest to the fourth. And, and what was looking like, at one point, a very difficult game where Celtic might drop could have dropped all three points at one point um, it was difficult for, for a long spells in this game to even get the lead ended up being a decent game another three goal victory uh, we've got, now got the best goal difference in Europe the best number of goals scored in Europe um, surprises me given the way Liverpool are playing down south and uh, Edwards looking just unplayable yeah, he's, he's the top scorer in the SPF, SPFL Premiership, I think. He's not ah, he's on the SPFL, but ah, Shankland's the top scorer with 23. Um, so, aye, he's, he's, Edward's been, been fantastic since the break. So, um, plenty of things going right for Celtic at the moment. You like the 3-5-2? Um, it, se- it seems to be getting better with each game that passes, because um, um, Edward and Griffiths want to be playing even better and better uh, alongside each other as it goes. So um, I think it helps having Kamala on the bench because it means we're not just playing with one up front and keeping one in spare. And then uh, you've got have more options coming up. off the bench. And Christy's just back for his, his um, groin operation, whatever it was he got after the, well, before the winter break, sorry. Uh, and Roderick was back, um, looking back to his best again. I mean, it's certainly set up our third goal. That was it's classic logic. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to go right for us again at the moment. Um, still look a bit, like I say, still a bit concerned at the back. Um, he put a, a big strong striker up there and we struggle. Uh, and there's plenty of teams in Scotland have got that. So you're well stood all right coming in. I aye, I mean that's that was probably the, the, the interesting thing coming because the there's a lot of people were disappointed by the way that the the transfer window just kind of fizzled out for Celtic uh, we didn't really we, we haven't brought anybody in that can go straight into the team and we've shipped quite a few people out um, like Scott Sinclair getting off wage ball would be expected we could use that uh, but didn't really play out that way uh, and then this game's come along and we've put in Stephen Welsh um, and for the debut looked pretty solid uh, I know Hamilton were obviously uh, not up the park all that much, but like I said, we were struggling with Elgin Poe, and if anything, it was Julian that was struggling with that, not all else. Uh, so, aye, um, been interested to see what else he can do. I think he was on loan at Morton recently. Yeah, aye. Uh, so, aye, we'll see. Um, the other thing about the Hamilton Celtic game is Brian Rice served the first of his um, 10 matches just mentioned. What, what oh. we should say is that five match, um, it's a five match ban with uh, five suspended. Um, so we ran um, a poll on the web, on the Twitter, um, saying, Should our governing bodies be allowing sponsorship of their major cup competitions? 22% said yes, 78% said no. I know my feelings on that. Um, well, we've had that saying this before. And my, my opinion on what the punishment handed out to Brian Rice was. I tweeted about it. It's, this was an opportunity for the SFA to make some good out of the fact that uh, he put his hands up, handed himself in, um, trying to get himself clear of the uh, addiction that he's got. Uh, and the SFA's answer was just to throw the book at him and give him a yeah. massive touchline ban. Yeah, because what they did with uh, Ian Black was he got 10 games, but he only served three of them, seven were suspended. Ian Black bet against his own team, and Ian Black was blaming everyone else but himself. Yes. Where's the consistency? You know, so, see if so, it had just been the straightforward five game back, because he does deserve punishment at the end of the day if he's broken the rules. But um, no, maybe just the five game ban would have been fine. None of this five with five suspended, etc. And the thing that makes you sick even more was when he's walking into the building, which has got the massive poster saying William Hill yep. to welcome him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I I agree. 
that since he's broken the rules, he should be punished. But surely there must have been some kind of punishment that would fit this a bit better than a match ban. He, he, he's he's in, by handing himself in, he's admitting he has a problem. So let's get him the help he needs. I'm sure Hamilton are doing everything they can to get him that help, but the SFA could have helped as well in some way, surely. If they could have given him some kind of punishment that would have fit a way to help him, not just a way to sit up in the stand where you can talk on your walkie-talkie anyway. I think everyone else that has been charged with, well, done for betting has all been given some kind of march ban. Yes, but how so, many of them handed themselves in to do it? I think that would have been an opportunity for SFA to say, you know what, we'll give you an amnesty. And see, because Brian Rice is, yes, he's broken the rules, but he's handed himself in. Here's what we're going to do in a positive, constructive way. But all they've done now is say, oh you're, get, oh, you're going to get banned for this. And there was something running in the Sunday Mail at the weekend there um, that was mentioning that some of the, the, the SFA have actually dealt with betting behind the scenes without anybody knowing about it. I were not saying there was a Scotland player. Yeah. So I don't know. And they covered it up. I don't know. Well, there's, where's that coming from? I wonder who that's coming from. Maybe it's come for the private investigators. They're also mentioning this on the news. The private investigators are trying to tap into our culture now. I hear they're cousins. He says another listener. Uh, it's, it's hard to get a signal from underneath the Lamborghini. <laughs> Uh, I feel we should end on a, a kind of positive note. Where can we, we find a positive note? Oh, we've got our midweek card. Yes, we do. Um, so, uh, again, the telly game is a Celtic game because we're a mother That's another away game for us, another tough venue for us in recent years. So, um, up into this. I mean, Motherwell's form isn't great at the moment, but you'd think on home turf as opposed to away plastic, they'd probably do a wee bit better. So, uh, I think it was, was it five. Was it five two or something? Celtic won this game. Uh, it was, was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was a, one of the decent performances. Um, well, that's happening. Rangers are hosting Hubs, so anything could happen in that game. They get pumped at Ibrox the last time they were there. Two interesting games at the bottom: uh, Hearts, Kilmarnock, and uh, St. Martin Hamilton. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, St. Martin Hamilton's probably the one I've got more of an eye on because for all St. Martin look like they might be scoring goals they obviously got they did against Hibs still conceding them they, they, they look like a team that could start picking up wins and just aren't quite clicking just yet their home form is better than away form though so they're at home to Hamilton and then again there's always Hamilton's remarkable knack to pick up points when the, you, you think they won't so I think that's going to be the, the more interesting one again it'll depend on what Hearts defence does um, so it'll be an interesting I think it's the one I'm yeah. keep an eye on but I'll be watching the Celtic game obviously yeah. it's Scottish Cup week as well um, eight ties over Saturday and Sunday um, starting with Hamilton Rangers um, that's in Premier Sports then you've got Aberdeen Commander Ayrson Johnson Inverness Livingston St Martin Motherwell all non-TV games then it's Falkirk Hearts on Saturday night. And then, I can't remember. Um, is the Celtic game first? Um, no. no so it's what, BSA Glasgow first. Aye. I think they were, were they going to play the, the BSA Glasgow Hibs uh, BSC Glasgow Dundee United game was going to be Friday night. And then BSC Glasgow Hibs was going to be the Sunday lunchtime. It's a 12 o'clock kickoff. Aye. Yeah. And then yeah. Clyde Celtic's at 2 o'clock. So there's quite a quick turnaround in that one. Um, yeah. I won't see any of it because I'm not around, unfortunately. Uh, so, fingers crossed we're in the half. Well, you don't want to see Celtic lose to Clyde again, do you? No, listen, I, I remember going to Broadwood <laughs> and seeing us pump them 5 0. And that was only the year before that game that everyone likes to mention. So. But that's the most recent. That is, yeah, I'm giving credit for that one. It's the most recent. And the, the two games are just as relevant for this tie as anything else. <laughs> Have seen any cup upsets? But I, I, I would be interested to see how BSC Glasgow get on against Hibs. I don't f- expect anything there. Um, I expect Hibs to win. Um, I don't expect 
anything other than the Rangers win at Hamilton either. Uh, Aberdeen Kilmarnock is probably the toughest game in there to predict because um, Kilmarnock have never remembered how to score against. So who knows? Yeah, Falk at Hearts could be interesting. Mm, I think Airsworm's a bit up and down, and St Johnston don't usually lose many games to low division teams. Yeah, but they're away, they are away from home. Air United did shock Ross County in the previous round. Um, Air are unbeaten in the last four. Three ones in a draw. Okay. So, yeah. I, would, I also wouldn't be surprised if Inverness beat Livingston, just because Livingston are going so great in the league, they'll just trip up in the League Cup or something silly like that. Yeah. Um, I've got Inverness is a bit of a tricky one, but. Right. Um, Hearts a possibility depending on how Hearts defend, because Falkirk's a good home side this season, but it, I personally think Hearts will be too strong for them. Yeah, I think so. I think Hearts have done the corner. <laughs> I've turned enough of a corner not to get trapped up by a team two divisions below them. But a lot of the factors could depend on the midweek games as well, how much, how many injuries are taken out um going into the weekend, so never know. But I'm expecting most of the away teams to win uh, this this weekend. Um I think the only home side from what I can see the fixtures um as a chance is Aberdeen, but um but that's gonna be a very tough tie to call. Um, I wouldn't be overly surprised if Kilmarnock won and I wouldn't be surprised if we went to replay either um, but hopefully none of them happen and Aberdeen get a job done Yep Yep. That was good Anything else we want to discuss? I'm jumping if covered everything No, I was just, I'm just thinking that Aberdeen will probably win that cup tie because they're going to go win the cup this year aren't they? They won the cup the last yes. time Liverpool won the league down south and Liverpool are about six games away for doing that now yeah, not tempting fate. We'll see. Be nice because it's been too long. Aye, I mean even Abbas fans will start sliding you off soon. Aye, yeah. exactly. Can you have that? Yeah. I hope not. Because uh, nobody's ever done it four times in a row. Yeah, and let's just repeat: this is um, this is. The second biggest game at Broadway this year is getting played this weekend. Yes, the absolutely. biggest ones yes. is 29th of March. Yep. Also hopeful for a Celtic one. Uh-oh. See, somebody agrees. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. We need to have a Yes, definitely. Uh, so we'll be back next week and we... I think we've got a guest on. We should have Phil Maguire on, barring um, any changes in his plans and any connection issues. And by the sounds of some of the feedback, this is not sounding good, so we'll need to get that fixed for next week. I Skype need to get our horses and gear. As long as, as, long as we've got recording. <laughs> we'll hopefully we'll figure out how to get recordings and backup recordings and everything should be fine. So, uh, to be fair, it's a while since we've had a Dalek on. Like, let's <laughs> see. There was a, a few seasons ago the Daleks were regulars on the podcast. Where's regulars the three of us? So. Yeah, yeah, well, you were Dalek John quite frequently. Yep. Well, I have had a few nicknames. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, bye. Right, cheers, guys. All right, cheers. Be nice. Cheers. cheers.